I'm Cody. And I'm Dana. And you're listening to the Goddamn Football Podcast. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. I get star status. Hey. Star status tonight. And we ain't stopping till they cut on the lights. That's right. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode four of Goddamn Football Podcast. I'm pretty excited. Uh, we have some very fun things in store. This time, Cody and I have uh, situated our picks for the NFL, at least. Uh, college football is pretty much over, aside from, uh, like, one game. <laughs> the game. Um, so, hopefully we're going to be nice and efficient this time. We're getting better little by little. Uh, well, we got to get started, Cody. Today we're going to be going over a post game from the Eagles Cowboys with some notes on some things going on with the Eagles. Okay. Uh, post game on uh, Packers Titans. My yeah. whiff. My whiff on the upset alert. Some NFL news and rumors. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the bowl games. Uh, national championship preview and then go over our picks. Nice. All right. Um, like you said, let's get started with post game. Talk about them Eagles Cowboys. I think we both picked the the Eagles to win there, and unfortunately, the Cowgirls grew a pair. It sounds like. Yeah, it was. The game started out great. We was rolling, and then uh, I I don't know what happened. They just fell off a cliff, I guess. Um. Yeah, I mean, first quarter, Philly was up 14-3. Yeah, and it was looking like we were going to run away with the thing. Uh, they couldn't stop our run, and Pearson does what Pearson does, gets away from the run because, you know, that's what he does. But, um, What do you think about Hurts' performance? I liked Hurts' performance for the first three quarters. But, I mean, uh, fourth quarter, he didn't look so hot. First of all, if you look at the stat sheet, he had three turnovers. That's a bunch of crap because the fumble that they called a fumble was not a fumble. He had clear possession. His knees were down. Why they reversed it, I have no idea. Um, that was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in, in my 19 years of watching football. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that just because I'm an Eagles fan. I'm saying that because it's the damn truth. It was a terrible call. Um, but he did throw two interceptions. Um, the second one was really bad. I I still, like I said, I think he looked pretty good for three quarters. Um, the line just broke down, especially in the second half. He, he'd get us down there in the red zone. And then all of a sudden, you know, first and ten turns into third and 47 or some stupid crap because he's Matt Pryor. Our, um, I don't know, he's like our four-string right tackle now. Just, you know, false start, false start, false start. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, looking at the, you know, the stat line for the game, it's like he, he distributed the ball well. He threw to, what, nine different receivers? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, nine different receivers, including tight ends. So, I mean, he distributed well. It looks like you guys obviously um, 
you know, took advantage of having Deshaun Jackson back. Uh, he only caught one ball, but it was an 81-yard bomb for a touchdown. Well, that's because he, he, he caught that ball and then um, he did one of his stupid freaking flips in the end zone and hurt himself again, so. <laughs> well, uh, good thing the season's pretty much over for them, so. Yep. Um, I do want to get to uh, some reports out of Philly. Defensive coordinator Jim, Jim Swartz who I've always been a big fan of, dating all the way back to when he was Detroit Lions head coach. Pussy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Jim Schwartz uh, will not be returning. Today will be his official last game as Eagles defensive coordinator. Um, It says that he is uh, resigning or, no, just letting his contract expire. I think um, the owner probably told him you're not coming back. Um, but I guess he's contemplating retirement or whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, then, uh, it came out today, this morning, that, um, Carson Wentz will officially ask for the trade in the offseason. Not because he was benched, but because his relationship with Doug Peterson is not fixable. That's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, you and I touched on that uh, last week. I mean, we called it. He hasn't been playing well. We speculated, of course, but we were like, you know, it seems like he hasn't been p- playing well because he's not believing that they trust him upstairs. You know, somewhere up the chain, he's not getting along with somebody. It's official. He don't get along with Doug Peterson. Uh, and you said they took the, you know, the Eagles took a stance. They're keeping Peterson. So I hope that they do right by Wentz and do let him go. And I hope he lands with a team where he can flourish and come back. Cause, um, I mean, the NFL, you know, they don't necessarily need him, but definitely it won't hurt to have another solid quarterback putting up big games and bringing in more fans, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm torn with the. You know, everybody knows me. I've always been a once once fan, but I also do like Hurts. But um, anybody who also knows me knows that I've never, even after we won the Super Bowl, I've never been a Doug Peterson fan. I don't like him as a head coach, and I want him gone. I've wanted him gone for probably three years now. I'm just not. I'm not a fan. I don't. I don't believe in him. And I mean, he may eventually prove me wrong. Uh, at one time, I thought he proved me wrong when he won the Super Bowl. But I mean, you gotta. You gotta do more than just win one Super Bowl. I mean, it's not like you're Vince Lombardi here and winning all these championships year after year after year. You won one, and since then. We start out five and six at best. That's just not acceptable to me. I, uh, and I've always been a Wentz fan. Named my son after him. I will continue to be a Wentz fan, unless he's playing the Eagles, of course. Um, but we will see what happens. I mean, what I wanted to happen was, um, 
Peterson to be gone, and, and then if we did trade once, then I would want Justin Fields to be drafted. Um, I still kind of have hope that maybe they may draft Justin Fields if they get a high enough draft pick. And then, you know, you can have a competition between him and Hurts, or just have Hurts be the starter until Justin Fields is ready and see if you can get a draft pick for Hurts if he plays good enough. Yeah. I mean, it's all about all about getting picks, man. <laughs> yeah, I if they're gonna buy into Hertz and put everything into him, I don't see them drafting another quarterback. I see him trying to pick up, you know, uh, experienced veteran. Uh, well, I mean that's the thing. Like, how do we know that they believe in Hertz though? Right. You know what I'm saying. Like, just because they get rid of Wentz, like that doesn't really tell me much. It doesn't really tell me all Hertz. Right. I mean, you're trading Wentz because he wants out. Yep. Not, not because you want him out, because he wants out. Yep. He wants a fresh start. It doesn't mean that you believe in that you believe in Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. That's very true, and I think the offseason, we will learn if they believe in Jalen Hurts or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, the draft will tell you if, if they try to go after another quarterback. Yep. Anyways, uh, we, we can move on to... The post game of the Packers Titans little snowball they had. I uh, picked the Titans upset the Packers. I was very wrong. Sorry for that. Um, that was my first whiff so far of our podcasts. Um, you got any notes on that, Dana? That's your team. I absolutely have some notes on that. <laughs> I would just like to, you know, I guess point out that you should never, ever vote against the Packers. Just saying. Not that I'm, you know, flaunting the fact that you were totally wrong or anything like that. You're never wrong. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, uh, no, I mean, just look at Vegas. Don't bet against the Packers. The odds are always in your favor if you pick them. No, I like to just go quick, quickly over, you know, the the feel of that game. Um, it, like Cody said, it was uh the it's kind of like a little snowball. Um, for all of you who have not ever been to Lambeau Field, it is a phenomenal field. A lot of players love the the grass and turf mixture that they have. What they have is it's a real grass field. However, they have professional grounds crews come in and actually stitch blades of turf like real grass turf they stitch it into the grass that's existing so it's a it's a hybrid field and it's very unique the only one in the nfl is like it the, the field's actually heated they mentioned that in the broadcast as well uh but it was snowing fast enough you know that it wasn't melting all of the snow um that said, where, where I'm getting at is the snow was such an advantage for us. Um, the whole first quarter, Tennessee just were timid. They weren't cutting hard. They were afraid to, to go full speed like they thought they'd lose their footing. I don't know if they you know, didn't have the right cleats in or what, and then they changed them after the first quarter because they did kind of figure out, oh, nobody's been slipping. Maybe we should try to run full speed and not be so timid. 
because, uh, you know, the second quarter they did pick it up a little bit. Either way, it was definitely to the Packers' advantage. Devontae Adams out there just killing people with his route running all over again. Had a big game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course, having a big game. And honestly, I got to give Mike Pettin mad props for basically coming out there and stacking the box and daring the Titans to throw on us. Played a lot of man with a stack box, and it worked. I don't know if that's going to work versus some of the, the better wide receiving core teams. It's not like the Titans have a, a huge uh, amount of depth and threat in wide receivers, uh, but it definitely worked versus the Titans and stopping that run game. I do also want to point out Rodgers has, uh, in that game, he broke NFL record to be the fastest NFL quarterback to reach 400 touchdown passes. Um, I forget how many games it took him, but broke that record, and then he's actually on pace. Uh, to, to break a ton more records, to be honest. But one of the coolest ones, I think, is um, this season alone, he'll be the first quarterback ever as long as he throws for, I think, two more touchdown passes, which is highly likely, and no more interceptions. He'll be the first quarterback ever to hit 45 touchdown passes, have at least 68% completion rate, and less than six interceptions in a season. Um and it'll probably end up being the highest quarterback rating QBR of any quarterback in NFL history in a single season. Um, I mean, he's definitely got my vote if I was on the voting committee for MVP. Mine too. If you compare him to any other quarterback, including Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, he's got them beating QBR by like 6 to 10% or 6 to 10 points. So it's it's not even close in overall performance. Although you can definitely, I would put Josh Allen second because he doesn't have nearly as good of an offense and offensive line and all of that as Patrick Mahomes, and he's putting up numbers just as good, you know. I would put uh, Russell Wilson in second. I, Russell Wilson's defense has been terrible. His own line's been terrible. No running backs. I His only reliable target has been DK Metcalf out of Seattle. I can agree there. So, I mean, for me personally, I'd still put Allen, and then I'd put Russell, and then <laughs> nobody would be happy with this. But Pat Mahomes, you've fallen off the off the map a little bit. You're clear down to fourth. Well, know? no, I agree because I I would I would go Rodgers, um, and then Russell, and then Josh Allen. So I I, I don't know. I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know why people were acting that. Pat Mahomes has his ungodly season, and he hasn't. Well, I mean, three, four games ago he was, but they've just been on a slump. Even though they're winning, they've barely been squeaking out these games, and Mahomes hasn't been playing so well. I, I mean, I felt the same way three, four weeks ago. Yeah? I just don't. I I felt the same way, too, but statistically I had no argument yet. Now we've got a legit argument. Statistically, Rodgers has surpassed Mahomes easy, you know? <laughs> Oh, the reason guys have. Yeah. Did you know, after the Titans game, um, because I watched the video with uh, Rodgers, was the one to congratulate. Um, oh, Devontae Adams. Yes, the, I did know this. The 99 Madden Club. Yes, Devontae Adams, after that game, Madden finally decided to put Devontae 
in the Madden 99 overall club. Much deserved, too. Much, much deserved. Um, missing, you know, two and a half games this season and still leading the NFL in touchdowns and uh, just lights out every single week. Um, much, much deserved. He got this really sweet necklace, solid gold with diamonds around it. I'm like, Rogers was saying in the video, all he got was this little plaque. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Devontae gets this real piece of jewelry that's probably worth like 50, 60 grand or some shit. Or more. Yeah. Real diamonds, all that, you know, loaded up. Um, it was pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool to see that. Rodgers is the one who delivered the the news. Um, I've actually seen Rodgers do a lot of that kind of stuff this year. And since you were mentioning awards, Rodgers and Devontae Adams both were awarded uh, every team picks one player, or if there's a tie, because it does go on a vote in a committee, every team picks one player, or if it's a tie, there's two. Well, uh, Devontae and Rogers both tied for, uh, I forget the name of the award, but essentially it's a media award for players who aided the media the most in developing good storylines. Um, so this year, both uh, Devontae and Aaron Rodgers have been very involved in a lot of extra um, interviews and giving them behind the scenes looks and they they wanted to keep the fans involved as much as possible knowing that they don't get to go to the games and stuff so they went above and beyond out of their way to make sure that the fans still kept in touch and even got some of the the personal life uh so if you're interested in any of that i definitely uh think you should go to packers.com and just start watching a bunch of videos because uh, there's a whole bunch of extra content in there that you wouldn't get uh, in most any other season. But uh, I'm ready to move on. I know we uh, wanted to mention uh, how Drew Brees is having a great year as well. Yeah, reports are that uh, this will be his last season, which is, I mean, it, it was expected soon. Uh he was drafted the same year I first started watching football, 01. So he's been playing a long time. Um, been, you know, a great quarterback for the Saints for a long time. And he was really good when he was with the Chargers, too. Um, not quite to the level that he's been with the Saints, but. I have all the respect in the world for Drew Brees. I mean, a lot of the records that Aaron Rodgers is chasing are ones that he owns. Yes. I don't know if anybody knows this, but Drew Brees is above all quarterbacks currently. And he holds the record for yards, touchdown passes, and completions. And Aaron Rodgers would have to play for another six and a half, seven years in order to catch Brees. That's if Brees retires this year. So, you know, Rodgers might not ever get those records unless he keeps playing a long time. Yeah, I, Drew Brees has really set the standard. Yeah. I mean, uh, not even Tom Brady's going to beat him unless he keeps playing in those records. Right. Let's go to a, a rumor that's been real hot and heavy here the last 24 to 48 hours. Um, Urban Meyer... Um, it's being reported that 
he's getting a staff together, and he's going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars head coaching job. I'm not sure how I feel about that, um, because he left Ohio State because of health issues. Um, but I mean, he's had two years off, so I guess, you know, I thought that he should have tried the NFL years ago. I don't time that we won the national championship with him. I thought he should have kind of took off and, you know, went and tried the NFL. But, I mean, I, I, de- I definitely wish him luck. He's one of my favorite all-time college coaches. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, I mean, I never, I know he, he never coached Justin Fields. Justin Fields came the year after he left. But it'll be interesting to see if they take Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Since that, oh, that was the last place ever modern was that was Ohio State. That would be pretty cool. Very interesting to see, you know, like if he would have the opportunity to take him as well. There's a lot, you know, uh, obviously if he's going to the Jags, he's going to have a real high draft pick. First first overall. Right. Uh, first overall pick. So, I mean, he could take fields. And I would not hesitate for a minute, and I don't think he would either, to do just that and, and you know, uh, put his faith in Ohio State. Um, I I thought that on the first Friday, when uh, when Justin Fields played Clemson, I thought he proved to all the critics and all the naysayers that always said, "Oh, Ohio State can't put out a quarterback. Oh, Justin Fields not going to be no good because he came from Ohio State." Uh, I thought he proved against Clemson, that he is a franchise quarterback at the next level. Yeah, absolutely. So, I always like to have a little fun. Let's assume Urban Meyer is for sure going to the Jags, right? Who? I like. I took a look at his coaching tree earlier, and, you know, uh, out of all the – the big coaches that he are, you know, underneath him or he has been with in the past. Can you think of any names that you think might be on his Jag staff? Yeah, I'll tell you a name that's going to surprise a lot of people because there was rumors about him going and joining him at Ohio State at one time. Um, and he's coached in the NFL before. And he is a current college head coach who has not had a whole lot of success since going back to college. And that is Chip Kelly. Oh. Watch out for that. And and that could be a dangerous combo. Yeah, it could. Urban Meyer is your head coach and Chip Kelly is your offensive coordinator. Holy smokes, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, they get the right quarterback. That could be deadly. Very. But I don't know, that, that's one name. I mean, I would imagine there would be some guys off Ohio State staff right now that might take a gig in the NFL. Yeah. I've got a list of some of the coaches that he, the, some of the bigger named coaches at least, you know, uh, 
none of these might end up being on his staff, but I like, you know, all of these are bigger names that people might actually know. Uh, one of them being Dan Mullins, current coach of Florida Gators. Uh, he's actually under the tree. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't knew that he was under the tree. I do not see that happening. Um, but yep. I won't say that it's impossible neither. I don't see him leaving. I don't see Ryan Day leaving. Um, Tom Herman. Well, Tom Herman was just fired. Yeah. So that is very likely. Yep. Because he was our offensive coordinator when we won when uh, we won national championship. Yep. Herman. Absolutely, very likely. That, that's another. That's I mean that's about as big as Chip Kelly. Um, that's a big deal. I would love to see that. Yeah, if he teams up with Tom Herman, uh, Kyle Whittingham, he is. Uh, I think he's currently coaching at Utah. Yeah, head coach at Utah. So he's doing pretty well. I don't necessarily, he's not as big of a, a name. Um, I don't really see him leaving Utah until he's maybe got a better success story uh, or a better track record. Um, who else do I have written down here? Oh, Luke Fickle, of course. He just had an awesome season, went undefeated aside from his bowl game. They lost by a field goal to Georgia, I yeah. believe. Uh, he's head coach at Cincinnati. I honestly don't see him leaving Cincinnati. He needs to get to uh, a big program. He needs to get to, you know, uh, take over for Texas potentially. Um <laughs> I don't see Texas taking another Texas Ohio has State. Texas already next head coach. Oh, have they? Alabama's offensive coordinator. Um, oh, man, I can't remember his name. Um, that said? He, he used to be at uh, USC. Anyways, I want to go on that Luke Fickle thing. That would be a heck of a story. I'd love to see him. Because if Tom Herman goes and joins the Meyer. And Luke Fickle, <laughs> that's basically our whole Ohio State staff that won the national championship. Yeah. Luke Fickle goes in. That would he's be the D coordinator. Tom Herman's the offensive coordinator. And they all just join the Jags. Wouldn't that be nuts? That would be crazy. The only thing against that, which this is the whole reason why I don't think it's going to happen, is none of those coaches have NFL experience yet. You, you don't put your three biggest coaching positions in into the NFL and never have had NFL coaching experience. Well, he, I mean... He's going to have to pick somebody to help him well, navigate it, what, the politics. What could happen is, yeah, they, they end up not being the offensive defense coordinator, but they end up being a position coach. Yeah, they could definitely be position you know, coaches. You know, Tom Herman, quarterback coach. You know, Luke Fickle, linebackers coach, or some something along those natures. Absolutely. Um, I can see that happening. But you're right. There's no. There's no NFL experience there. But uh, um, I see a name on your list. Of Greg Schiano. He's got NFL experience. Absolutely, and he's one hell of a defensive coach. 
Um, and I can see him being the defensive coordinator in Jacksonville. Yep. Um, and Luke Fickle being the next guy in line. And then the last two names on my list are Steve Adazio and uh, Charlie Strong. Steve Adazio is currently the head coach at Colorado State. Uh, so I don't see him leaving. It's not a big enough program unless he goes just to be like a position coach. Quite possible. Steve Adazio is kind of older. Uh, he's already 61, so it'd be kind of late in his career. Yeah, leave. I don't see that one happening. Yeah. Uh, and then Charlie Strong. Um, he's 60 already as well, so he's currently um, just a defensive analyst for Alabama. So you know, I I don't. See I him. could see that. I could see. I could see Charlie Strong okay. jumping ship. Um, I know he's he's a little bit older, but uh, uh, I I could see that because that was. That was one of Myers' guys at Florida. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see that. And mainly because he doesn't have a major job. I mean, what the, uh, an analyst. Right. Like, it's not a major gig at Alabama. Yep. Now, if he was their defensive coordinator, now you're talking a different ball game. Yep. But uh, I do think that that that's a possibility too. You could probably go to the NFL as just a analyst or a position coach and make more money. Um, yeah. You know, although Alabama and Ohio State probably pay pretty close to whatever the NFL would ever pay for a coach. Probably close, but not quite. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun to talk about what you know. I sure hope Urban Meyer does get the gig with Jacksonville, and I hope it works out. And I'd love to see at least one of those guys we just talked about make his staff. Um, and there was, I, mean, I don't know if you know, but there was also a rumor that if Urban Meyer decided not to take that job, that they were going to go after Ryan Day. <laughs> but since then, there was a report out of Columbus today that Ryan Day is not interested in going to the NFL. That's good news for Ohio State fans because Ohio State needs consistency uh, to maintain its status as you know uh, a franchise and or a franchise college football team and you know establishment. Like and my thing when that report came out, it scared me because. And you probably don't know this, but Ryan Day has NFL experience. He was actually Philadelphia Eagles quarterback coach under Chip Kelly for three years and then was the San Francisco 49ers quarterback coach under Chip Kelly for a year. He has four years of NFL experience. That is very scary because... I know personally as a Buckeyes fan, I don't want to see Ryan Day go anywhere. Yeah, I'm the same way, unless it's the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to see him go anywhere. Um, but, yeah, that, that's why I got I, I got really nervous yesterday when I heard that because, you know, unlike 
Urban Meyer and some of the other guys we were talking about, Urban Meyer could hire. Ryan Day does have four years of NFL experience. Very interesting. Well, since we're on the topic of Ohio State, how about that bowl game? All I got to say is it feels fucking great to be a Buckeye. <laughs> how about them Buckeyes? How about them Buckeyes? Everybody, oh, you can't beat Clemson. You'll never beat Clemson. You don't deserve to be in the playoff. So does Clemson? Because we beat the brakes off them. Right. And that's all you heard was Dabo talking shit. Buckeye shut up Dabo, period. He had nothing left to say. Yep. I do shut up. You ain't. We punched you straight square in your mouth. You was not ready for it. You was not. And, and I knew it was going to happen. I called it a year ago. Anybody who talked to me after, after Ohio State lost to that playoff game last year at Clemson, I said as soon as the game was over, we will see you again. We will see you next year. You could just tell we were fired up. We wanted it more. We had a better game plan. Trevor Lawrence turned into kind of a, a little wimpy crybaby by the second half. At uh, one time, there's a video circulating I watched today of one of his O-linemen grabbing Trevor Lawrence by the chin and lifting his chin up because he was disappointed and dropped his head. You know, like your O-lineman shouldn't be picking you up. You're supposed to be the leader of that team. You're picking your team up, Trevor Lawrence. I don't want to see that shit if I'm a coach, you know? Well, puts... I mean, if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New York Jets or anybody who's looking to draft a quarterback, and I watched that game, I mean, he was supposed to be the all-consensus number one pick. Um, Not anymore. <laughs> I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking twice. Yeah, I'm picking Especially fields. when the other side, uh, the other guy that's up there is Justin Fields who got absolutely clobbered by a linebacker, probably had broken ribs, and stayed in the football game and won and was making throws deep down the field. Yeah. I mean, I don't know for a fact if he had broken ribs or not, but that's where he was hurting. At least bruised. Um, and still, I mean, a fit, to wind up for a 50-yard pass with bruised ribs? Yeah. That's going to... Uh-uh. And they were on point. Yeah. Like, he was throwing dimes out there. Yeah. Um, I know he threw one pick. It was a bad pick. It was it was tipped at the line of scrimmage. I, I don't want to hear that shit. Uh, that's part of football. It's Guys are going to throw picks. And, yep. And when, you get, when the ball gets tipped, it's out of the quarterback's control. Yep. But if you look at the rest of the stats for that game... 22 for 28, 385 yards, six touchdowns in the air. Yes, he That's broke. NFL numbers right there. Well, I mean, I don't think he broke the Sugar Bowl record. How long has the Sugar Bowl been around? Forever? Yeah. He broke the Sugar Bowl record in the first half. Yep. And I got to also say, where the fuck has Trey Sermon been all year? Like, why hasn't he been a starter all year? Because dude is a beast. I, I said that a long time ago. I said yeah. before the season started, he should have been the starter. Yep. Uh, he transferred here from Oklahoma for a reason. Um, and I think I think he's been pissed off about it all year, but he's been quiet about it. And I think now he's taking it out on his opponents. Yeah. Um, 
31 carries, 193 yards, 6.2 average, and a touchdown. Um, and honestly, he could have had more, but we were we didn't get in the goal line or the the red zone very often. We were throwing bombs from 30 yards plus out and, and scoring. Yeah, um, Master T, which is the original starting running back. Um, I think they were just start. They started him just because like he hadn't been here, so it was like you know. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins left last year, and and whenever Master T spelled J.K. Dobbins last year, he looked really good up until we played Clemson last year, and then he didn't look too hot. Yep. But um, but yeah, Trace Sermon, he should have been the starting running back from the get go. I mean, I don't care about Master T's feelings. You like, I'm sorry. I mean, you're yeah. a Buckeye. Like, I love you, but like, the best football player needs to play. Yep. And honestly, Trey Sermon, um, you know, went out there and had showed good hands too. I don't know if you knew the stat line for him, but he also had four catches for sixty-one yards. Yeah, his first catch uh, was was what really got him going in that game because he struggled for a little bit there the first, I believe, the first series or two. Yeah, but then I think he caught a twenty-something yard pass, and then after and then after that they. They had uh, handed the ball off to him, and he went like 35 yards yep. for a touchdown, and it was off from there. Yep. It was off to the races. All of a sudden, Clemson had to respect every different aspect of the, the Buckeyes' offense. You know, we, we could pass it out of the flats. We could dink and dunk it. We could go deep. They couldn't stop us. They couldn't figure out what we were doing, and that's why we just dominated them offensively. And also, I, I want to give credit um, – because against uh, Northwestern, where it looked like Fields struggled a bit, which he did. Um, but we had Chris Olave back, and, and I don't think people realize how good Chris Olave is. Um, yeah, he just opens everything up for all the other receivers. They're they're good, but he's a, the dominant number one, and then the other guys can get open on their one-on-ones. Yeah, I believe that that Chris Olave is a top five receiver ever at Ohio State. Um, and we've had a lot of good ones come through there. And I believe that he's going to be really good in the NFL. And I, he's not going to get drafted high, um, at least not real high like some of the other receivers we hear about, like the guy from Alabama or whatever. Um a lot of it's probably going to get drafted. I'd say low first, early second, maybe mid second. But I think he's going to be a number one receiver in the NFL, kind of like what Michael Thomas did. Michael Thomas was a mid second round pick, and I mean he's arguably the best receiver in football. I mean a lot of guys can make the argument. He's a top five receiver, put it that way. I'm hoping my Packers got their eye on him. That'd be Uh-oh. perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I he's I just he, he, and you know what? That's funny because he reminds me a lot of Devontae Adams. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, dude, put him behind Devontae, <clears throat> running these crazy crisp routes. Yeah, that, learning the freaking and that's what he is. He's he's a great route runner. Yeah, um, I think he's a little bit faster than Devontae Adams, which would bode well for the Packers. Um, but yeah, I mean. I, I just don't think a lot, even a lot of Ohio State fans just do not understand 
how good Chris Olave is. <clears throat> well, let's keep going with the Buckeyes. I mean, uh, we got national championship coming up versus Bama. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that matchup? I I mean, I'm always going to go with my Bucks. Um I will say this, normally, you know, if we lose a national championship, I'm upset. If we lose to Bama, I will not be upset. Um, they're stacked. They're, they're, they're stacked. But I, I'm going to say this, and this is what I truly believe. Um, I truly believe that their receiver is the best player on their football team. Yep. And I think Ohio State has come up with a plan to shut him down. And... I think that we will win that game maybe easily. Um, but I think we will win the game if we can just, just contain him and just not let him. Like, he had seven catches for 130 yards against Notre Dame. You see that, and you're just like, you know, yeah, that's good, but it's not like a world beater. Until you see how many touchdowns he had, which was three, and then that's when you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that's what you got to prevent. You can't allow that boy in the end zone. Dude has blazing speed. And he's super shifty because he's a little bit lighter than some of your six-foot, six-one wide receivers. He's six-one, one seventy-five. Now, he's probably put on a little weight since beginning of the season when that was reported. Um, but, you know, most of your six foot six one wide receivers are closer to that 200 mark. With that little bit lighter weight, though, guys just don't touch him. He's so quick. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets open, and, he, man. He's one of them guys, you hear the term, quicker than fast. Yep. Uh, I don't really think he's like he ain't got no Deshaun Jackson speed or nothing like that but the boy is quick in and out of cuts sometimes that's even better yep than being blazing fast um so I mean I mean we we got the speed to match up well and the size honestly uh our corners are both 6'1 right around that 200 pound mark and I think, you know, we got some quickness and some speed there. So I'll be interested to see that matchup. Um, our secondary, our, our safeties are a little shorter. They're both 5'10", 5'11". Um, but looking at the whole matchup of roster versus roster in terms of, like, your starting lineup, this is a very, very even matchup. Um I remember the Ohio State National Championship versus Bama in 2015. That wasn't a national championship. That was a playoff game. Oh, playoff. Yeah, the playoff game. That's right. Because we went on to win versus Clemson, right? Oregon. Oregon. That's... Uh, anyways, the playoff game versus Bama. Uh, Bama was favored just, just like this one. But I do remember looking at that roster... And the depth chart matchup, and I remember seeing, you know, Ohio State had every single player just about matching up was an inch or two taller and 10 to 20 pounds heavier. And I thought, you know, oh, what about their 40 times? So then I started looking at 40 times, and we were just as good. 
you know, it was like dead even. So I'm like, uh-oh, if we're bigger and have more weight, you know, if we're taller and, and, and bigger and stronger, essentially, and we can run just as fast, Bama couldn't keep up with us in our physicality. This game is going to be much different. Um, it, it's strength versus strength. And, you know, I see Bama's O-line is, is stacked. Um, they got two, six, seven tackles. <laughs> Both their freaking tackles are six. I think one might even be six, eight. Um, I wrote it down here. Where is their left tackle is six, six. Sorry, six, six, three, twelve. Right tackle is six, seven, three hundred and sixty pounds. So big, heavy, tall guys. That being said, our defensive ends are, you know, pretty big, fast guys. They're not 6'7", but we got 6'4", and 6'5", and then, you know, they're 257 and 265. So those tackles definitely got 50, 60 pounds of, of weight. The, the question is, does speed win versus strength in this matchup? I'd like to say so, especially the pressure we got in Clemson game. Um, but it, it's it, it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup. Because um, if they run the ball, I, I honestly think Bama's got the strength and size to, to get the edges. And that'll be the question in the game. <clears throat> How do our linebackers tackle if their tackles, if Bama's O-line tackles can get the edge? Here's my thing. I told you the first our first podcast show. You can go back and replay it. I told you. This Ohio State team on paper, since I've been watching football, is the best Ohio State team I've seen on paper. And and, and This might be the best Bama team I've seen on paper though. <laughs> uh, no, I and I don't I don't disagree with that. I do not disagree with that. Um my biggest concern with Ohio State and and the team on paper, the one thing that I will say that's a negative is on defense they really don't have a, that star player. The only guy that you could say maybe is Sean Wade, cornerback. Tough Borland, but I see. I don't really think he's a star player. Yeah. Just got the star player name, and he's solid, you know. Yeah. Now Sean Wade, I mean, you can kind of make an argument. Um, we'll see how he does versus Devona Smith. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we'll see. But I, I mean, I mean, rather, rather, Ohio State wins or loses, I'm not changing my mind. This is the best Ohio State team I've ever seen on paper. Yep. Um, and the second best was the 16, which got their ass beat by four. Yep. In the national title game. So, um, yeah. If you want to just look at the on-paper matchup, I think the slight edge in size goes to Bama, and that's because their offensive line has one to two inches and... 15 to 20 pounds at least on Ohio State's defensive line across the board. That said, 
we'll see if that offensive line gets, you know, pushed. Or our guys are, are smaller in terms of weight, but speed, you know, and strength might overcome that. Um, now, our offensive line matches up, and we got about an inch and about 5 to 10 pounds on their defensive line. So they're a little closer in that matchup than we are defensive our, our defensive line versus theirs. Um, and that's just literally straight numbers, guys. So has nothing to do with heart, with coaching, with game plan. Uh, I just always find that interesting. You compare two rosters and, you know, player sizes and weights. Uh, you can even get into 40 times and all that, but it's just fun. Kind of like a analyst type of work. Um, that said, I'm still picking the Buckeyes. I think we want it more. I think, you know, it's national championship time, although I can see everything under the sun or every reason under the sun why Bama wants this. They want redemption for kicking them out of that national championship game years ago. Um, and, you know, they are undefeated. We don't, they don't want us to ruin that. They're undefeated and played all their games. <laughs> Stat line. I've seen this. Alabama won undefeated and ranked number one going into the playoff has never won a national title game. Let's keep that going, Buckeyes. Also another stat line. The number three team has never won the national title game. History will be made. Either way. <laughs> all right, we're going to finish up with our picks then. I got mine all written down. Um, first up, Bills Dolphins. Oh, I got some Bills. I got the Bills as well. Uh, by the way, it is 11.30 a.m. on... Isn't today the 3rd? Yes, yeah. January 3rd. Sunday, January 3rd. So we're doing our picks before these games. Falcons, Bucks, who you got? My upset of the week, Falcons. Oh, picking an upset. Ah, I'm sticking with Brady. He's hot. I'm going with the Bucks. Um, Pats, Jets. Pats. Pats as well for me. Bengals, Ravens. I'm going Bengals. They're on a hot streak. They are on a hot streak. However, I see Lamar Jackson have a big game on the ground. I'm going Ravens. Uh, Brown Steelers. I'm going them Cleveland Brownies. Yeah, Brownies. All the way. I fucking hate the Steelers. <laughs> Let's go Browns. Get them, get them Steelers. Get that uh, playoff berth. Vikings and uh, Lion Cats. Fight Queens. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking the Fight Queens as well. Uh, Cardinals, Rams. I like Kyler Murray over Jared Goff. I'm going to go Cardinals. I like that. If I were just picking quarterbacks, I like Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray over Jared Goff as well. But uh, just based off of the teams and the need and what this game means, I'm picking the Rams. Uh, Chargers, Chiefs. I'm thinking that 
Chiefs will sit a lot of their starters, so I'm going to go Chargers. Um, I think you're right there, too. We talked about this before the podcasts. Um, you know, I might as well not even take a risk and go against you, so we'll go Chargers as well. Uh, Colts, Jags. Colts. Yeah, Colts all the way. Jags are going for that draft pick. <laughs> Packers, Bears. Pack attack. Yep, uh, I will never pick against the Packers. I know if the Bears win, they're in. Uh, this game means a lot for them, but it also means a lot for us because if we win, we lock up that number one seed and get a first-round bye. And that's very important. Uh, Raiders, Broncos. Um, Raiders, I'm predicting Raiders get to 8-8. Eight and eight. Absolutely, me as well. Uh, Broncos need a quarterback bad. Saints-Panthers. I'm going to go Saints. Yep. Tom, or not Tom Brady. Uh, Drew Brees is just getting better every week since he's been back. Um, they're going to roll right over them, Panthers. Seahawks-Niners. Seahawks. Yeah, absolutely. Seahawks as well. Niners are out of it. Hawks, Hawks need it. Uh, last but not least, Texans-Titans. Um, Texans and upset. Oh, picking the upset. Uh, I'm picking the Titans. They need to bounce back. I think they really need this game to feel good going into the playoffs. Uh, and that wraps up our nope. picks. Nope. We got one more we didn't write down. I don't know why we didn't write it down. It was Eagles-Washington. Oh, shit. Probably didn't write it down because it doesn't matter. <laughs> true story. True story. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, I guess Eagles versus the Washington football team. Um, I'm going to pick this one on the fly and say fly, Eagles, fly. Um, just like you with the Packers, I will never pick against the Eagles, although I want them to lose. So when you get a higher draft pick, I'm going birds. All right. And that does it for the Kaidan Football Podcast. You, you?